to another episode of Parminio. You've landed that chief of staff job, that role that you've coveted and you've worked so hard uh, to attain. You're excited, you're proud, you're ecstatic, you can't wait to get on the job and get rolling into the new position. And if we've coached you along the way, we're, of course, I'm very proud of you and very proud of the work that we've done together. Now it's a time for entry into the new organization going through the onboarding process. Something that is technically called the organizational socialization process. And we know from the research, Jones, Van Man and Shine, that this is a the socialization process is key to person and organization fit. So your fit within the organization and being successful, the socialization process is key. Socialization does a, a few things, according to Jones. It provides a continuity of central and core values from the organization to the new uh, employee. It provides a framework for responding to the work environment and colleagues within the new organization. An organization might have a very structured, institutionalized uh, approach for socialization, or they may have a very uh, a low structure, non-institutionalized approach. A, a high structure would have a, a lot of planned set of activities to reduce ambiguity and uncertainty. A low structured organization, of course, would have an absence of structure, which creates ambiguity, uncertainty, and actually encourages employees to challenge the status quo. That's an outcome of that. What we want to do on this podcast is go over a framework so how when you enter this organization, you can successfully and proactively build relationships, networks, and resources within the organization so you can socialize yourself within it and be much more effective as a chief of staff. We already know as a chief of staff, you have to synchronize. It's like being the conductor of an orchestra. You're synchronizing resources, people within the organization, information in order to move your partner's agenda, their vision, their objectives through the operating cycle. So it's, it's key that you know how to do this. What we want to do on the podcast then is first just walk through what the organizational socialization process is all about so we all have a, a common understanding of what it is. And then secondly, introduce a framework um, that's based upon proactive methods and tactics that you can use to develop relationships, networks, and resources within your new organization. All right, let's get into it here. So let's talk about the organization socialization and process. And it's, it's important because new employees, according to Jones, face a reality check. There's a difference between expectations and the reality of the organization that provides or gives us anxiety and ambiguity, stress associated with this. New employees uh, do not possess comfortable routines for interacting with the organization and predicting responses of other people within the organization. You have to learn that. You have to trial and error and go through it. 
Contributions expected from new employees may be unclear upon entry. You may lack identification with the job and activities that are going on. According to Bauer, most people joining an organization don't really understand the norms and expectations um, that are happening. Despite how much research you may do and talking to people outsiders, nothing like the immersive activities that go on when you join a new organization. Ashford and Black, who have done a ton of research in this area and socialization, say that the process is associated with a lack of control and mastery for most people. This leads to a state of stress and anxiety, and people have a general need for control and predictability. So, organizational socialization process is very important, and you're taking the reins and proactively uh, doing things will help reduce uncertainty and ambiguity and lead to more confidence and comfort, of course. Let's just look at what a highly structured uh, socialization process would look like, and then we can understand what a, what a structured versus a non-structured approach is. A highly structured, institutionalized organization that has a, a very well put together socialization process may have a common set of learning experiences in off-the-job training. They may offer explicit information about the sequences and, and timing of activities that you will go through. Probably give you information about career ladders and job rotations. May have a formal mentorship program. May align you with positive social support and exposure to experienced um, members of the organization. So they're gonna do a lot of things to help with your socialization process. Um, a, a low structured, a non-institutionalized process may have none of these, may just have it's you, you're on the job and you go. Larger, more established, mature companies, of course, are more likely to have very structured approaches. Younger companies, startups, are, are likely to have non-existent or very low uh, uh, structured approaches. So companies will be on somewhere within that spectrum. What we want to do here is uh, think about how we can be more proactive, and we're gonna introduce this framework. And the framework uh, developed by Ashford and Black has three general categories, and within each category, um, there are some specific methods and tactics. So the three categories are positive framing, sense-making, and relationship building. And then each of those uh, categories has some specific tactics we'll talk through. So. Positive framing, of course, we know what that's about. We talked about that on the rejection podcast. And a positive framing reduces stress. It allows you to recover from illness much more quickly. And it increases your capability for productive and creative work. Uh, research by Taylor and Brown um, tell us that. Taylor and Brown also said from their research, positive framing is significantly related to performance and job satisfaction. So something you definitely want to put in your repertoire of your habits and your behaviors. Uh, I do it all the time. It's very, very helpful. We'll talk a little bit more about that. The second category is sense-making. And this is where you gain information about work settings and feedback on performance. You reduce uncertainties and you learn about the organization, how to put your planning together. And the third category is relationship building. And this is, has to do with your social interaction skills, helps you build 
structures and identify and build friendships and networks. In building networks, you can reduce ambiguity again and gain greater comfort in the organization and build routines. It's going to allow you to be much more effective as a chief of staff, right? You're synchronizing people, informational flow. So building relationships is obviously going to be very important. Right, so those are the three general categories. Um, within relationship building and sense making, there's three specific methods and tactics I'm going to talk about. Relationship building, there's build a relationship with your boss. Networking and general socializing. And then within sense making, there's feedback seeking. We, we talked about that in one of our more recent podcasts. Job change negotiation and information seeking. So there's six right there plus positive framing. That's seven. And that's the framework developed by Ashford and Black. And I would add one more, reflective journaling. We did a podcast written in stone where we talked about the power of reflective journaling to give you enhanced perceived control. Something you really want to do when you're going into a new organization. All right. The first category here that Ashford and Black talked about was positive framing. We see, uh, you know, it's significantly related to job performance and satisfaction. So it's something you want to get in the habit of doing. We know from our research on the rejection podcast that uh, positive framing and reframing can modulate your internal reward system, your dopaminergic system. One other thing it does, which is uh, quite useful to know, if you use positive framing, it, the activation in your amygdala associated with emotions will be less. So negative reactions in your emotional response will be less to it. And you have a higher activation in areas of the brain association with cognition and control. So there, therein lies the, the truth that we really, really understand about positive framing, why it's so powerful. Let's go through a couple examples here to how, how we would do it. So I'm going through an orientation and instead of saying this orientation is brainwashing, <laughs> because that wouldn't be very productive or positive, of course, um, that would be a negative. I'm going to take that as a negative, have an emotional negative reaction to it. Instead of saying this orientation is brainwashing, I can say they care enough to help me socialize into the organization successfully. Much more positive, not going to have a negative emotional reaction that leads to cognition and control. Second one. This off-the-job training is taking forever. I could be doing my 100-day plan and, and shadowing my partner. Again, not a positive statement that's going to lead to a sense of negativity um, and, and, and activate my amygdala. Instead of saying this off-the-job training tr program is taking forever, I can say this training program will get me the knowledge to know the organization and allow me to navigate more successfully much more positive statement. So I want to have positive framing about my experience. I want to get into the habit of doing that. And we, we already looked at the research on it. it it's a fundamental thing uh, that leads to much greater and effective socialization. All right, let's go into um, the relationship building category, which had three, build relationship with boss, networking, and general socializing. So let's start with I'm going to build a relationship with my boss. How do I do that? Well, there's, we've talked about a number of different steps on different podcasts. We have a podcast about to become one for how we can build a deep, intimate bond with our partners, with other people in life. 
And that's by being fully present within our body and our body language. Open and accessible body language, positive eye contact, positive hand gesticulation, motor mimicry, which tells the other person that they are being heard and listened to and accepted. And they feel special because I'm, I'm giving them my full presence. That is one of the fundamental things you can do to build positive, trusting relationships. We talked about the power of eye contact on the Two Become One podcast. Uh, extended eye contact tends to release oxytocin and within this context, it is a trust building attachment process. Secondly, I wanna work on building trust with my partner. We have a podcast on building trust. We talked about the three dimensions of trust. Cognitive, which is about my performance. Effective trust, which is about my partner feels I have their best interest at heart. And behavioral, my body language is congruent with my actions and my words. So if my performance is consistent and at a high level, they're gonna trust me more to do more things, right? To be a proxy for them. If they feel that I have their best interest at heart, it's gonna give me much more uh, capabilities uh, to express myself to them if I see them going in the wrong direction which I may feel that happens if they feel that I have their best interests at heart they're highly likely to be more accepting of it so it's something I want to really work on and then just behaviorally we already talked about I want to be open and accessible uh, congruent with my actions and my words so I'm doing those two things I'm being fully present I'm building trust I have other things I can do, the shadowing plan, the 100-day plan, so I can be working with them on those things. And I can have a ongoing one-on-one -on -one scheduled where we can have specific topics and agenda items and objectives associated with that one-on-one. -on -one. Interestingly enough, on one-on-ones, there's not a lot of good content research out there about how to hold effective one-on-ones. There's, there's stuff out there, not very good, but I'm putting together the best research I could find. I'm going to do a podcast just on that so people can elevate their one-on-ones a little bit more. Second category within relationship building was networking. And so I want to have an objective. And my objective is to build relationships with sources of information and people of influence so that, again, I can elevate my role as chief of staff, synchronizing and flowing the, uh, my partner's agenda, their objectives and vision through the operating cycle to get stuff uh, completed and done. So that's my objective. Different activities I can do within that. I can do MBWA, management by walking around. And I'm networking, I'm meeting people. I'm using good body language. I'm being fully present. They're feeling heard and special, more likely to get information and develop positive relationships with people. You can do lunch and coffees and invite people uh, to do those things. One of the things I've always done when I've worked in large organizations is build very positive and friendly relationships with all the executive assistants. They know what's going on. They know where the heads of the business units and the lines of business are at and what they're doing. So building positive and friendly relationships, uh, and I used to do that many times when I would do MBWA, walking around, talking to them. They, they generally appreciate it because not a lot of people do that. 
And it's an excellent source of information about what's going on. They know things. So do that, put that on your, your list of things to do. And just overall, I wanna have a plan when I'm doing MEWA, and I wanna further my objective, build relationships with sources of information and influence. The third um, category within, um, or tactic within relationship building was general socializing. This has to do with like things like after work mixers, um, group activities outside of work, Take some time to do that because it makes it the organization feel like you're more accepting of them and they can be more accepting of you. And it also allows you to build networks and friendships, another positive thing. And just put it down on your, your, your plan of try to do so many per month, one or two or whatever, whatever it is that works. All right, so let's move to sense-making. There's three tactics and methods within that. Feedback-seeking, job-change negotiation, and information-seeking. Well, feedback-seeking, we talked about on, on, uh, on the podcast of how to elevate yourself to get you in position uh, to get a chief of staff role. And feedback-seeking helps you to clearly work on areas that you want to improve on so you can be an effective chief of staff. And also, if you do it right, positive impression management, where people are seeing that you're elevating and doing the things to, to positively move yourself forward in your career. We talked about a specific uh, plan of action on that podcast on feedback seeking, so I suggest if you wanna know more about that to uh, look at that podcast. We, we talked about a plan and how to do it. The second category or tactic within sense making was job change negotiation. So here what we're doing is we're, we're looking and we're learning about the organization. We're learning what makes sense within what I talked with my boss about in terms of the role. And I may be learning that things don't apply anymore. So we need to have some job change negotiation. I may see some opportunities for me. So I, take, I have my one-on-one -on -one scheduled with my boss. We can talk about this, this can be a topic. I can bring that into that. I can also bring it into my uh, shadowing plan and my 100 day plan and change that as needed as well. So all integrated and holistic in thought. The third category within sense making is information seeking. So I wanna seek information and we wanna have an objective. I wanna seek information within the organization about how things get done, who knows what. And so I can do, again, many of the same tactics within networking, MDWA, lunch coffees, get to know all the executive assistants, also relationship building with my boss, but looking for sources of information, who has what, who knows what, important to know. Then finally, I'll add one more thing onto the list from Ashford and Black, they had seven, I'll add reflective journaling. Talked about that in the Written in Stone podcast. You can use it to effectively enhance your sense of perceived control, which is key when you're in, entering a new organization, and create some categories that make sense for you. It could be my overall comfort. It could be my, my network, how it's developing. It could be my sense of, of comfort and control. It could be a routine. Am I establishing some routines so I can be more efficient and effective in my role every day? And then I can monitor those things. 
learn, experiential learning. We talked about that's another facet of reflective journaling. And I can navigate my way with my journal as I go through this process much more effectively. All right, so we have eight specific tactics we talked about here. We have positive framing, relationship building, networking, general socializing, feedback seeking, job change negotiation, information seeking, and reflective journaling. And I'm using all of these to increase and enhance my relationships, my network, and my resources in this new organization so that I can be super highly effective in my role, which I'm very excited about that I've just gotten as chief of staff. All right, so if you're starting a new role as a chief of staff, it's very exciting. Congratulations to you. Keep working it. Um, use these methods. Be very proactive. Using these methods and being proactive will enhance and increase your process of socialization. And as you gain mastery of relationships, networks, and resources, allow you to be a really, really good and effective chief of staff for your partner, where the two become one, achieving your dreams to the beat of the drum. Thank you once again for listening to this episode of Parminia.